Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Male Right Podcast. Today it's episode 309, and John and I are going to talk about using virtual assistants in your digital marketing processes. Um, we've talked about this before. We've had other guests on the show. We were teed up to do a show about this subject today, and we were going to have somebody else contribute with us. Unfortunately, that didn't work out. So we're going to ha- we're going to continue the conversation, and we're going to uh, discuss the ways that we've seen virtual assistants get used, the way that we use them, and the way that other businesses like Conversion Monster and 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 other people like that that you use might be using virtual assistants. Not saying they are, just saying they could be. Um, so with no further ado, and well, actually, before we get started, for those of you who may be new to the MailRite uh, Digital Marketing Podcast or Digital Marketing Podcast for Realtors, uh, I'd like to introduce my co-host to you. His name is Jonathan Dinwood. He is a founder and an entrepreneur many times over. About uh, five years ago, he founded a company that was aimed at real estate agents, and it's uh, designed to give you tools to help you market yourself online in various ways. And I'll, John, I'll let you get more specific if you like. All right. Um, yeah, sorry about that, uh, folks. Um, actually, uh, I didn't actually tell you this, actually, Robert, but we've had a slightly change of focus for the Melwright company. We're still focused at real estate agents, but our main focus is also going to be real estate investors as well and offering a website digital presence for those. And um, that's going to be our main focus from the coming months, Robert. I'm sorry sorry about that. Um, We also missed last week, and that was totally down to me. Robert did his duty, but we had a guest, and unfortunately... They had a, a family emergency around COVID and the horrible virus. So that's totally understandable. But we're pumped up for this discussion, aren't we, Robert? Yeah, we are very much uh, excited and ready to go. To be honest, virtual assistants and, and resources like them are essentially how I run 80% of my business. So I'm a big believer in this. And it's so logical to me that. When John said, oh, you know, we're going to do a show, I thought to myself, I was like, really? Isn't everybody doing this? But, but the answer is, I don't think they are. And even if they are, there's certain tricks that you can have, processes that you can make. And I'll talk about how I do my process. I'm sure that John will talk about how he does his. But I feel like one, now that I've explored and experienced virtual assistants, I honest to God don't think I would ever, I don't know that I would go back to hiring locally for most uh, digital well, tasks. There's going to be a, there's going to be a, a, a difference there in our um, position. So that'd be interesting. Oh, good. Excellent. Well, I'm, I'm extraordinarily glad to hear it. So why don't we, why don't we just jump into it with a brief explanation from both of us. Let's start with you, John. You do use virtual assistant or overseas resources as in elements of your business, do you not? We do. Um, it's mostly with my other business <clears throat> that I've been running for over 10 years. <clears throat> um, and basically, we use what we call, um, and I think it's the more widely used term, we have a hybrid model where um, 
my project managers are normally um, US or Canadian based. And I do have some um, experienced WordPress developers that are also US based, but they deal with our, I have a couple Fortune 500 clients and they tend to work with those enterprise level. But then I have a host of other entrepreneurs, smaller clients, and we tend to use our offshore support developers on with those particular clients, but they all have a US-based project manager that's supervising, uh, that works with the client and then works with the offshore teams, Robert. <clears throat> gotcha. Okay. And so, and how long have you been using these resources inside your business? About eight years. Okay. Um, what was the, when you first decided to do this, when you first decided to hire these resources, what was your reasoning? What was your logic? Well, um, that's the other factor, which I think, I think there's a lot of propaganda out there, Robert. Um, it, you know, there's, there's a lot of propaganda in general, um, but there's propaganda that you can go offshore. You can go to the, especially when it with the focus on virtual assistants helping real estate agents. There's there's a kind of propaganda that you can go to the Philippines, hire this person, perfect individual, and pay them peanuts, and basically don't treat them very well either. Mm -hmm. And based on my experience, it's nonsense. It's just propaganda. Where that the logic? You, you wanted to disprove the, the propaganda when you hired them, or is that just a... Well, a the truth is that you, you're, you're going to get... Where, where the truth is, is that you're still going to have to pay them reasonably well, but nothing especially the different, <clears throat> it's slightly different when it's a public-facing individual, so they're going to need excellent English skills. When it comes to my offshore developers, I have some that are really fantastic developers, and they're, uh, but they're, they, their spoken English is not very good. Um, but it doesn't have to be um, because my project managers talk to the client. But when, it, when you're talking about virtual assistants for the real estate industry, unless they're totally doing back office work, they're probably going to have some element of public-facing responsibility. Well, when if that is the case, you're, you're probably going to have to pay more than you think but the good news is the caliber of individual that you're going to attract is going to be much higher than what you would have attracted for the rate of pay if you were hiring somebody domestically. Gotcha. Would you agree with that? Yes, I, I do agree with that. I think that, I think that, I don't know, you know what, with domestic domestic resources in the US like if you're going to if you're going to have somebody working for your business 
while yes, the minimum wage in the U.S. is seven to ten dollars an hour, I, I don't know any friends or any friends hiring other friends who are paying any, but anything less than twenty to twenty-five here in California. So it's a big it's a big rate of difference for me at least. Like if I'm going to hire somebody locally versus hiring, like my top virtual assistant type resource gets paid like seven to eight dollars an hour. So it's three times. It's you're saying it's a small difference. I'm saying for me it seems like it's a 70% difference, yeah. which makes it a very big difference for me. Like it's not small. And then you talk about things like, so I think it's important that, that we mention um, you always are going to have challenges hiring employees. I, I feel that way. At least I've hired hundreds or maybe even thousands over my career, especially in the call center business. And yes. there's always people that fall out and, and just do weird stuff. It's a hard job. Anytime you start talking about sales and you start talking about rejection, there are people who can't handle the job and they just, well, it doesn't matter what you're paying them. They just don't come back. So um, that's one thing I've noticed that's very different about different countries and hiring virtual assistants is that depending on the country that you're going to, there's different countries that are good for different types of of resources. Now, I would never call my developers virtual assistants. That's completely wrong language. My developers are full stack developers and they do an amazing job. However, some of them are living in countries where $20 an hour, whatever the, whatever the rate is, it goes five times farther than it goes with us. The place that I seek my developers is always the UK. And I look for countries like uh, Russia or Macedonia Russia is not as good, but Macedonia is brilliant. And there's other places that are coming out of, of that part of the world where technical talent is really inexpensive. Now, unfortunately, Macedonia isn't a place where English as a second spoken language is as common as a place like the Philippines. So it's not really necessarily the best place to go to hire English-speaking developers and you have to speak the same language when you start talking about technical resources. There has to be clear communication because if somebody goes in a wrong direction and you're paying for even a WordPress website is a frustrating uh, screw up. But if you're paying to have an application built or you're paying to have something much more complicated built, which is going to take a few months worth of a process to have misunderstood something in the scoping part of the process where you're figuring out what the, pro- what the project looks like. And to get something wrong 60, 90, 120 days later is uh, that's not just frustrating. That's throw yourself out the fucking window, never going to do this again kind of aggravating. Right. So those aren't really virtual assistants, though. Those are all overseas resources, which is a different subject. A virtual assistant is somebody that takes tasks that you are doing yourself and then they do them or somebody on your staff like a management or a leadership resources doing themselves and then they take those tasks and they do them instead okay that's a virtual assistant and that's what John and I are talking about right now it's a virtual assistant so virtual assistants where would you use them in your real estate business that's always a question that i get and the funny thing is besides getting in the car and meeting with the client you can pretty much use a virtual assistant to do everything else, in my opinion. Okay, a virtual assistant can call your appointments. A virtual assistant can manage your paperwork flow. A virtual assistant can get in your CRM and call back leads or organize leads for you by source and by category 
and go through and do very boring but necessary work to organize the data that your business is creating. Because we are in the information age, ladies and gentlemen, and understanding what's happening with our data is critical to our business. So those are all things you can do. Now, I get the question, and I just watched an interview with with somebody like 30 minutes ago, where the question is, well, how do you train people? How do you... So John, how do you do that? I know how I do it. How do you do it? How do you handle teaching these overseas resources what you need done? How do you task stuff out? In truth, I used to be awful at it, and I used to just play it by the seat of my pants. I'm not... And I'm not involved in that, thank God, because I have a uh, I have a couple project managers, and they've written out documentation and processes. I I have dyslexia, listeners and viewers, so um, doc, which is in some ways a strength because it keeps my email to the point. Um, and um, I, I'm not one for writing out long-winded emails or documentation in general. So it has its good points, but I am not the right person to write, even though I actually like writing, actually, Robert. I quite enjoy it. And I know a lot of people, if, they're, if they have to write something, they just get writer's block. I've never suffered from that. Um, but um, basically, basically, my project managers and my chief lady, who's an experienced WordPress developer as well, um, she has helped me with another project manager to write out documentation and, and a set of videos. So it's a combination of internal onboarding videos for some of our new staff and good quality, accessible online documentation, Robert. Okay. Um, so, which is great, great information to get. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, the what I do is a little bit different than what John does. So, I've created, I created most of the processes myself. And, but what I didn't do is I did not write them out. Okay, what I did is I had somebody else write them out. So you might ask, how do you do a process without actually writing it out yourself? And the, the answer is I use a tool called Screencast-O-Matic, which, which lets me do exactly what Zoom is doing right now to this very podcast that we're doing, where it's recording it. It's recording the screen. I'm very, very good at giving verbal instructions. It's not that I can't write instructions out. I am not, uh, I am not, uh, I don't have the same challenges. At I've, I, I've noticed that, Robert. What? That you're good at giving verbal instructions. <laughs> so, and I don't, I don't have some of John's challenges. I do have horrible ADD though, and which makes writing slow. It's not that it's impossible. It's just slow. I've noticed that my professional writers write, oh my God, so much faster than I do. If I had to guess, I'd, I'd say they write eight times faster than me. And so um, I, uh, but, but what I do do is I think quick, and I do have a very clear mental understanding of what I want done and how I want it done. So using video like this, giving the instructions, say, step one, open Google, a Google Doc. Step two, write the URL down. Step three, 
find the customer's contact information on the website, put it next to the URL. Step four, find the name first and last of the client. Step five, figure out what brokerage they work for. Step six, um, uh, did you know any other notes that you have? Creating a process like that over via video is easy for me. I have about 280 videos that we've created for my country, my company over the last five years, which are all instructional videos. About of those 280, I'd say about 150 of them are aimed at our virtual assistant project management resources because they're the people that talk to clients and they're all task related. They're all simple task related videos that say, this is how you do this task, A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. And we use these videos over and over again. These days, it doesn't take us very long to hire and train a new assistant because we have everything in video form. It takes about a week to get somebody up to speed because we, we have to keep sending them all the videos that come up in their job. And then they have to review them and they have to do the task. But once that week is, is up, if it's a task-based virtual assistant, one that's not dealing with clients, it's super easy to train them. If it is somebody that's dealing with clients that's public-facing, that's a little bit more complicated because we're really concerned about how people are talking to our customers. Um, so I've got P- I've, I and somebody else inside the company um, usually. We, yeah, sorry to interrupt you. We need to go for our break, actually. He's never sorry, ladies and gentlemen. He always just interrupts. All right. We'll go right back to our break and then I'll continue on my uh, my descriptive rant here about how you actually, how we use virtual assistants, how I use virtual assistants. All right. So no further ado, we'll see you back here at your car, your radio, your phone, wherever you are. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy-to-use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no-question-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Mail Right Podcast. It's episode number 309. John and I are talking about virtual assistants. Uh, we're talking about how we use them first and foremost in our business. And then I think we're going to talk about should you use them and when should you use them? Um, so we obviously are big proponents of it. But John, do you think a real estate agent should use a virtual assistant? <clears throat> I think... I think it's really it's a difficult one. I think if you've not been able to hire domestic help and successfully bedded them down and written out some processes, if you're having trouble with domestic ones and then you think you're going to solve your problems going virtual, it's actually going to get worse. This is my opinion. You uh, you might have a totally different, but I actually think it makes the thing, because the problem, I, I've had a couple clients, real estate clients, and their staff were always changing, Robert. And the truth of the matter was that the agent was a nightmare. They were totally disorganized. Their expectations of their domestic um, assistance was ridiculous and they weren't basically that nice that pleasant of people 
to actually work with. Um, as employees, we all have to hand out some punishment when people really balls up because we're getting heat. But in general, I, I treat people, or I try to, Robert, I'm not always successful, but I do try. I try and treat people the same way that I would want to be treated. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that don't share that philosophy, is there, Robert? That yes, there's a lot of people that don't that that don't share that philosophy. But so what what ultimately like like yes or no, do you think that a real estate agent should well, if they've successfully, if they've got successful domestic staff and they, and they've got written down some of the processes, yes, they should. But if they're having trouble hiring people, you know, in the past, and they think that somehow by going virtual, that's going to, there's a deeper problem. The problem is with the agent. If he keeps hiring people, domestically and keeps losing them or they resign after i had one agent got through four personal assistants in less than six months okay that suggests to me that the problem was with the agent i i don't disagree I don't disagree. So my opinion is, is that is that most agents should be using virtual assistants, which I'm sure people could read in the subtext of some of my other comments. But I think that anything, anything at all, as a general rule, where we as salespeople, and this does take, I know that for me as a salesperson, it took me a long time to level up to this concept. Anytime that I'm doing a task that somebody who is willing to do it for $10 an hour, whatever the, the amount is, I should be outsourcing that. I've been a commission-only salesperson for a long time, and, and yet it took me a while to realize how true it was that really I should always be outsourcing these repetitive tasks. Now I've done a very good job of figuring out how to use most of my time on the phone with an actual prospect and very little of it not doing everything else as it relates to the business. I, I outsource almost everything because I've come to realize that the one thing that I do that can't be duplicated is creating the connection with the client and ultimately making the sale. And I think that most real estate salespeople would relate very deeply to that. It's not so much that somebody else can't sell. They very much can. I, I've, I'm, I'm a sales leader too, and I've watched countless people sell in their own particular way. But nobody connects into people the same way that I do. Like nobody has the my way of selling. And so right now, while that's important to me, I, I think, okay, I got to be on the phone, but I can't do these nine other things for the business. I can't write all the blog posts. I can't write all the emails. I can't do every single other thing in the business, manage all the people, take every single task, review every single task review every single website. I mean, it's exhausting just thinking about all of that work. So I had to outsource. I think the same thing is true of real estate agents. I swear, I, I don't know 100% of what your average daily routine is, but it should be I wake up, I look at my phone, I see my calendared appointments, and I go out and I run my calendared appointments, whether they be listing conversations or selling conversations. 
Virtual assistants can help you get to that result, the result I just mentioned. What do you think, John? Do you think that's true or not? Do you think I'm over-exaggerating? Well, with the camera of what I previously said, yes, I agree with you. Now, my role role with Mailwright and also with my other business is that I produce content. I I do the SEO research about the articles. I I don't write the articles, but I do a lot of videos that I put on YouTube and I support the articles with videos. I go on a number of podcasts to promote my business. Um, I do a number of podcasts myself. This is one of them. Um, I do I do all the stuff that I've got to do. So if you don't, you, we all have only so many hours in a day. And this uh, Gary V thing that you should do 17 hours every day for week after week, good luck to Gary V. But I found that you will rapidly burn out. Um, and I've seen it in the real estate industry, people who were quite effective, making really good money, they hit the wall and they're gone. They're, they're totally burnt out and you never see them again. So I don't know if you've seen that. It's a slight different topic. It's a whole topic, but it is linked to what we're talking about, isn't it, Robert? I think I agree with you. I've seen I've seen career burnout. I've seen sales burnout. I've seen every type of burnout that there is because the jobs that we do are exhausting. Showing up and being 100% every single day. And if it's part of your sales career, you've got to go knock on doors and everything else before you even get into a sales presentation. If you're setting your appointments as well as selling whatever product that it is that you're selling, that's a big job. And in real estate agents, most of the time, that's what is expected of you which is why so many real estate agents turn to digital. They really just need somebody to turn on a spigot so that they can go out and do what is already a fairly big job in the sense of selling homes. Now, one of those things that I strongly believe in is that every single thing that we can do to figure out how to make our jobs easier is going to be great. Like with real estate agents, it's always going to be work that sphere of influence, work the sales that you already had and have. Make sure your relationship is super strong because every single relationship you've created has the opportunity to to turn into two, three, four, five, six sales over the span of a career, which makes it much easier for you, a lot easier. So it's actually time efficient to spend more time inside that relationship. But you're right. These are different subjects. We're also over our time limit. And uh, today I need to talk to you before when we go off the air. So um, we need to wrap the podcast up. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, real estate agents of all. Um, uh, stages of the career. I really appreciate you tuning into the MailRite podcast today. John and I uh, work really hard on it. Uh, I'm even starting to do a little bit of research on our guests when, when he sends it to me and calls me three times and sends me text messages at morning and night, night reminding me to do this. So <laughs> I'm not that bad, for God's sake. I'm not that bad, Robert. <laughs> So anyway, John works really hard at this. That was my point, uh, which I think he's, he's taking slightly the wrong way. But my point is that John works really hard at this, and I follow along uh, beautifully because uh, I've actually gotten to the point that I've enjoyed the podcast. But please do us a favor. 
John has worked so hard on this stuff. Go to mail-right.com. Uh, leave a comment on any of his blog posts. Go to the ma- YouTube mail-right. That's forward slash YouTube mail-right. Look up the channel. Leave some comments on some videos. Um, I, we would really appreciate it. It's a lot of work to do these shows. And if we're doing anything at all that any of you are using in your business or you're taking guidance or you're remembering this conversation that you heard these guys have about digital marketing, do us a favor. We're not asking you to call us. I don't need you to, to ring me up and talk to me about websites. I would love it, though, if you leave a little bit of feedback about the show on any of the places that you can do that. All right. John, over to you. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, we've got a fabulous guest next week, and we've got some guests for October. It's amazing where the time's going. It'll soon be Christmas. Oh, my God. Uh, um, like I say, give us um, give us some feedback on the MailRight Facebook group or leave us a thumbs up on the YouTube channel. Or if you're very generous, in a generous mood, leave us a review on iTunes and just give us some feedback. Over to you, Robert. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. I really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to sign off. And uh, you can find me at inboundrem.com if you want. I produced some industry-leading content on every subject of Manageable that relates to, uh, to marketing. I've reviewed every single one of the big marketing companies in the real estate marketing space. Um, they're all up there. And so, and I've talked about websites. I've talked about everything. So you can just go to inboundrem.com. You'll find plenty of information about me, about other topics that, that are closely related to what we talk about here. We appreciate you tuning into the show. Bye.